The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome one and welcome all. To the greatest show of them all. It is the NFC East Mixtape brought to you by your favorite NFC East blog podcast network across the SBN Nation universe. You can also, uh, it's blogging the boys for Dallas Cowboys, Bidding Nation for Philadelphia Eagles, Big Blue View for New York Football Giants, and Hogshaven for the Washington Commanders. You can also watch this production on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the blog and the boys YouTube channel. His name is Brandon Lee Gotten from Bleeding Green Nation. My name is RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys. BLG, how are you? Happy Tuesday, February the 20th. What did you do with your first weekend without football, RJ? Ooh, um, well, on Saturday, my son was sick. So you know, kind of just, you know, we had to hunker down and it was raining and cold. So it's kind of a good, you know, be at home sort of weekend. Uh, we watched movies. We played around, um, played to the dogs. It was really good. Nice chill time. I did partake in the nba all-star weekend festivities mm. on television part- <laughs> i said on television we're partaking <laughs> i said I, I partook on television and um i hate to be the person that knew i was going to complain and then complained mm. anyway but i knew i was going to complain and i complained anyway um super boring i i told you i've been to one and it was so much fun in my memory and my recollection and this was just such a, a drag so um my first question is did you watch any of it and my second is what did you do on your first non-football weekend yeah i didn't watch the friday night stuff <clears throat> where your boy micah parsons won uh what the celebrity game well, you're the one who's game. way more obsessed with him than i am but you know whatever and uh didn't watch that night i watched some of the stuff on saturday night i think most of it some of the skills competition stuff was just like really bad <laughs> really like the, the thing where they were passing like this is not good television this is like really boring and just not fun i was like this is horrible um dunk contest was okay uh not great some of the scoring was weird but i think the rightful winner won shout out to mac mcclung former mm-hmm. sixer uh i mean some of those dunks were just crazy anyway um some of his dunks uh, were crazy to be yeah, so like right, the yeah. one where he's like throwing the ball in midair and like like that's i've just never seen that and that's just wild to me i'm sure he, it did not bother you that um that like nba twitter was you know crapping all over um, this is a family show that was a close moment for me but was uh wow. crapping all over uh, a celtic and jalen brown i i think his dunks were just weird to me in that they weren't like terrible but they weren't like even enthusiastic like, it's kind right. of like bored to be there i'm like if this guy wins he doesn't even look like he cares he's here like what's the point of this uh so that was that i watched sunday only the second half because in part because i thought they were going to do the elam ending that they used to do which i think they should bring back the target score thing where they mm-hmm. add 24 to the end of the scores of the because i think that you know makes for a more dramatic finish um so i was disappointed they didn't do that i did bet on the east to win for some reason before the game uh there was like a 10 like a 10 free dollar bet or bonus bet if you lost on DraftKings sportsbook and they won so uh, i made like 10 bucks or whatever but uh that's the only reason i cared did you do anything else on the night i i forgot to mention i did watch the genesis invitational um which is a golf tournament it was it's a fun event tiger had to withdraw and so that was a bummer but it's still a fun tournament to watch so it's nice to kind of have my attention you know on some other sports as much as i missed football it was a little bit nice to flex those muscles if that makes sense yeah, I saw a couple friends, saw my parents on Sunday morning, went to Excellent Cafe in Philadelphia. Shout out to Excellent. Really good breakfast sandwich. And uh, I watched the end of True Detective Season 4 
which I had mentioned last week, which a lot of controversy or not controversy, but like a lot of uh, interesting opinions, divisiveness about how True Detective season four went. I liked it a lot. There's a lot of people who apparently didn't, and that's I guess that's fine. But I saw uh, I saw a tweet um, from a friend of Vlogging the Boys. Um, Cowboys Nation is the account, and it was it was like a thread responding to their initial tweet from however many weeks ago. And the first tweet was like True Detective is back, but meant it like in a they're back, not like literally back. And then um, the, the follow up on Sunday was like I spoke too soon or something like that. So that kind of to your point along those lines. So yeah, I enjoyed it. Do you have a new show as, as we get ready for our show? Do you have a new no, one that you've? Because I, I do. Okay, what is it? Well, so I think you agree with this. There's nothing more exciting than when you discover a show and you and you test it out and you finally decide, okay, th- this is my show now. I'm going to give this all my attention. But and it has a lot of seasons and a lot of episodes, so you know mm. I'm getting in on the ground floor and I have a lot to kind of captivate my attention for a while. It's a good feeling, right? You're in for the long haul. Uh, the Crown. My wife has seen it and it's tried to get me to watch it forever. And a good friend of mine, Chris Weaver from NFL Films, actually uh, near your neck of the woods, has suggested it from a cinematography and filmography standpoint. Like he said, the shots in it were just incredible and awe-inspiring and all sorts of stuff. And I just never really got around to it. But now no football. So I was, you know, just like, hey, let's give this a whirl. And I'm in. Um, So let's party. Let's dance. The crap. How many episodes or seasons is that? I don't know how many. I think there's six seasons. Um, Maybe six. How many? How many episodes per season? I don't want to look this up because, you know, I mean, I'm not. Was it like, obviously, you know, obviously there's 20? Is it? I think it might be like 14, 15, 16. Maybe okay. you could look it up and do me a solid. Like, just mm. look up how many episodes are in the crown. No. Wow. Um, today, uh, on Tuesday for us, Wednesday for you all, we are discussing something that BLG thought to bring up um, in his typical negative Nancy sort of viewpoint on the division. He was like, we should talk about things we don't want to see each team in the division do. Um, which I think is a good idea because I don't know if I told you this or if you saw, I interviewed Anthony Richardson over the weekend. Um, just an opportunity came up and that went out actually here on the blog on the boys network. And so people can access that. I think we're throwing it on the SB nation NFL show as well. Um, but something I asked him about and, and he agreed, I was like, it has to suck that like CJ Stroud is good and Trevor Lawrence is good. And like that your division's really good. He was like, Oh yeah. He was like, I would much rather it suck. Um, so I, I told him and he agreed. I was like, you can miss me with all this. Oh, I want my division to be competitive stuff. If you have an easy ticket to the playoffs, you take it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so that's like, so dumb. I hate I would, that so much. I know you do. I would love if the Eagles giants and commanders had right. a terrible off season. Like I, that's what I would love to see happen. And, and obviously you share the same sort of viewpoint. I hate that. Oh, I want the other team to be good. I mean, because it makes for interesting games. I mean, in theory, sure. But in actuality, like, you want to win the division. Mm-hmm. Uh, did, 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 do you think Patriots fans were ever like, oh, I wish, oh, if, I wish, like, the Dolphins were better. I wish the Jets were just, like, better and we had better division games. No. I'm pretty sure they weren't like that. I'm pretty sure they were happy cruising to an a- AFC's title each year. Uh, so, yeah, that's silly. But this is kind of also what we do, too, for the draft uh, in terms of, like, what we don't want. Right to see each other and that's kind of i think married into this conversation because it's more about the off season as a whole i'm sure we'll still do that episode but just want to wanted to also include you know free agency and then it's at a high level too uh like conceptually it's not even just about like a specific move i mean that's part of it but it's also just the kind of the approach to which these teams could take this off season Last thing, and it's uh, related to the Patriots. I did start, and I've seen, I think it's been two episodes so far, The Dynasty, as I believe the, the proper name on Apple TV. I'm sure that you won't give this any of your attention, but it was really good. Um, I've, I'm a sucker for any kind of documentary series like this, so uh, really fast. A lot of footage I've never seen before. Not that I'm you know, devoted to like Patriots lore and every Patriots you know, piece of film or whatever, but um, a lot of things that just I didn't even – I was – I wouldn't have guessed existed. Like, I, I mean, who was film? It's like when the last dance came out, it's like, who was filming all this? Like who had the camera at this point in time? Like, how did we not know this existed? So did yeah. they cover Spygate at all? They are going to, uh, and they're going to show a lot of footage that people have never uh-huh. seen before. Yeah. Okay. Congrats. I bet you're really proud of yourself. Anyway. Um, the only addendum I made to your proposal for the episode was we should also from our vantage point, say things we do not want to see the Cowboys and Eagles. Do. So like right. from my perspective, it'd be from a Cowboys fan. So we do yep. start with them because they are the reigning NFC East champions. What we do not want to see the, <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys do this off season. I did want to mention, um, when we got to the Cowboys part of this, which, you know, we did right away because 
once again, the Dallas Cowboys are running division champions. Uh, the great OCC uh, wrote recently at Blogging the Boys, um, learning from the past, nine free agency mistakes the Cowboys should not repeat. And it was a mm. good kind of retrospect on things the Cowboys have done improperly, whatever. And so that is number one on my list or really kind of my only point here. I can very easily be talked out of this, which actually makes me upset because that's the Dallas Cowboys fan within me. Uh, I don't know if you read this or clipped this for the links at BGN, uh, no. but number number one on OCC's list was the veteran running back. Like, in other words, like avoiding, like cautioning mm. against the veteran running back. Um, he listed the top five contracts that were given on the veteran free agent market over each of the last two years, uh, a list that includes Miles Sanders. And do you know of those 10 different running backs, how many had an improvement from just a yardage standpoint the year that they signed with the new team? That question makes sense. One. It was one. Do you have a guess as to who it was? No, I can't. I think it'll be Matt. Yeah, I don't I I don't think I would have guessed it, but when I tell you, you're gonna go, oh man, I should have known that. Okay. David Montgomery uh had eight hundred and one yards with the Chicago Bears in twenty twenty two. And then had a thousand fifteen with the Lions just this past season. But outside of him, none of the other top four running backs in terms of contracts yeah. uh, had a, a better season last year, and none of them the year before of the top five. So Derrick Henry is a big name that has come up a lot, um, and people are going to go there. And actually, I don't know if you saw this, but on Tuesday, ESPN did their top free agent fits of their top. I think it's their top fifty free agents um, from their own list, mm-hmm. and they listed Josh Jacobs to the Dallas Cowboys. We want nothing to do with this. I want. I don't want any. I mean, they, they are almost finally free of big-time running back money. And I understood why they tagged Tony Pollard last year, mm-hmm. but do not go down this route. That's my kind of main decree for them this offseason. Yeah, I said last year they shouldn't bring back, I believe, Zeke or Tony Pollard, and they should wait out the market. And I think this year that is also what they should do in terms of waiting out the market, uh, especially because, and I covered this, we talked about this a little bit on the SB Nation NFL show the past week, but there's a lot of big names in this mm-hmm. free agent running back class. So you don't really need to like rush out and get your guy. Just wait, wait, wait for that price to drop down, I think. And I think eventually maybe you can sign, and I don't know him specifically, but maybe him, maybe you can get Josh Jacobs, you know, at a bargain, at a discount, at a really good rate. And at that point, yeah, why not sign him? But yeah, I don't think you should be married to a certain player there as much as you kind of just wait out the market and there will be someone there at some point who is at at least a fair value, if not an outright bargain, and I think you'll be able to get someone like that. So, yeah, I don't, there should not be a rush to, like, go out and, oh, we have to get Derek Henry because he's available there. To your uh, point, yeah. just quickly, um, the fifth person on last year's list, so the fifth highest, you know, or fifth biggest contract was actually Dalvin Cook. And so it took all the way until that was, like, midway through training camp with the Jets for him to sign. And even then, it was a one-year $7 million deal, which came well below the franchise tag value, which was about $11 million. So um, you're right, like – whether it is Josh Jacobs and that's other thing like Josh just like Josh wants to get paid like based on what happened with the Raiders so like that was a horrible example like you might even be able to wait things out I know you joked about bringing Zeke Elliott back last year for Dallas like you might be able to wait out Tony Pollard and bring him back in training camp just based on the way the market looks but um, I know that my answer wasn't the spirit of the exercise that you wanted to do so your answer for the Cowboys is what do you not want to see from them this offseason I don't want to see them go all in like I think last year they made some like good moves in terms of the Stefan Gilmore and the Brandon Cooks acquisitions. But that also kind of feels like they were hedging a bit in terms of like, well, we don't want to give up too much. You know, we were trying to like toe this line between you know getting really good value, getting good players, dressing holes, but also, um, you know, not, not quite going, I wouldn't call quite call those all in moves because they're kind of lower cost moves, which is nice in terms of you're limiting the risk at some extent, but I think it's time to accept more risks. Uh, where the Cowboys are at, and I know you've kind of... Uh, oh, you, think they, you think they should, and you're saying you don't want that. Yeah, I think okay. they should, which I don't want to see. I think they need to take some bigger swings here because, I mean, what's the risk? What's the downside? Like, I hate, back when the Eagles hadn't won a championship before they won the Super Bowl, you know, there was all this talk like, oh, they can't trade up for... Well, it happened first with Mariota, and then it happened later with Wentz. So it was like they can't... Leading up to the actual trade, it was like, they can't do that because it'll set the franchise back years to what 
what's it going to set them back to to not winning a Super Bowl ever? They hadn't won a Super Bowl. So what's it setting them back to? Like, what do they have to lose here? Take a big swing. It's time for the Cowboys who have not been able to get over the hump. Maybe it's time to take an uncharacteristically big swing. And that's not to say, you know, just do something dumb again. Like there's a smart way to go about it. You don't pay Derek Henry like big money. I don't think that's the kind of swing. I think it looks more like it's not, you know, it's not a one for one. They're not trading for this actual player. At least I sure hope not. But they need like their version of the AJ Brown trade. Like this is like big swing move that they take. I think that could like totally change things up or take them over the top. I think if you're talking about all in, I think that's what that kind of move looks like. And I don't have the specific name. I know you brought up Stefan uh, uh, Diggs yeah. in the past, but I don't think the. I mean, I just don't think the Bills have right, any right. reason to trade. Yeah, him. I mean that that's kind of a trolley sort of thing because of the Diggs <clears throat> relationship. But yeah, but, I know like, you don't but, actually look, fully believe in it. But, but what like, that, that kind of move? Yeah, what that represents, I agree with you. Right. And I don't know if it's a receiver, um, but, but it could be because, you know, when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl two years ago, they had Devontae, obviously, and A.J. Brown. Imagine pairing, you know, C.D. with someone. And, you know, Brandon Cooks had a, he's a decent season, but he's not he's not like that guy. He's not like that alpha number two who's like a 1A, 1B kind of type, like a pairing with C.D. So I don't know if it's receiver. I don't know. Maybe it's – um. I don't know. I don't know the position necessarily, but I think like it, it's adding another kind of star – player to the team taking a really big swing living with the the risk that hey you know if this goes poorly then you know this could be a problem for the future but i think at this point it's time for the cowboys to accept that risk and not worry so much about the future and trying to win now especially because like this is the timeline you have Dak here mccarthy you know final year like potentially so i just think now is the time to really push your chips all in i agree with you that obviously i would love to see the cowboys do that especially from the my stance all last year was you have to find out you know what kind of play caller mike mccarthy is okay you accomplished that but like you have to find out if this area is worth anything you know what i mean like where, like where you're at and so you you might as well go all in and to your point of like and i know you mentioned the eagles slant on like oh so like what happens like you go back to never having won a championship that was um the 2015 year was the like all in Year, right so to speak for or the the big move offseason that was the sam bradford when, yeah, trade they, they um, chip like power of personnel right. so it was the sam bradford trade the demarco uh murray thing the lashaw mccoy trade um all this stuff and i remember we were this that was when i was first getting into blogging we were just laughing like oh man like chip kelly is destroying this franchise like they're going to be in this for a decade and they won the Super Bowl two years later <laughs> with yep. none of those players. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, nothing is un, you know, yeah. conquerable or un, you know, recoverable um, right. in any way, you know, sense or stretch. So, yeah, I'm with you. I've kind of started to land on is that person or that all in thing? Is it Calvin Ridley? I think a lot of people would run to mm -hmm. Mike Evans. You know what I mean? But like, I would just, you know, cause that I have to imagine that would perk your attention or perk yours and be like, Oh crap, this sucks. So um, that's a good answer for the Cowboys because I would love to see that. So are we ready to move on to the Eagles? Well, Just to put a bow on that. I, I I'd seen you had kind of didn't fully buy like Jerry Jones comments about that. <laughs> I guess you know, this I is worth, it's worth addressing to the non-Cowboys fans because I think a lot of Blog and the Boys listeners have heard us discuss this. So mm -hmm. the all-in verbiage was Jerry Jones on um, at the Senior Bowl. Uh, he said, we're going to be all-in, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. And at the time, I really doubted it. Um, but Michael Gelkin, who covers the Cowboys for the Dallas Morning News, is among the, the more plugged-in people on the local beat. And he wrote something last week that I thought was really interesting to where I'm paraphrasing. These are my words, but he was almost like, yeah, I don't believe this. Like, it was like, he was like, this could just be posturing. This could just be all talk. And he said what I know you and I had talked about that they could define and they very likely will define being all in as paying Dak, paying CD and paying Micah. And that's fair. Like, I'm not saying that that's even not a fair representation of what all in means. But when you throw out mm. all in, we're all in the way Jerry did. Everybody knows what that implies, what that insinuates, um, you know, whatever. And I don't think he had any issue with letting people run with that. And so I don't buy right now that they are going to be, quote unquote, all in in the dramatic, you know, uh, F to them picks way that the Rams were or even those Eagles were in 2015. Um, but I think that they're going to benefit from all the attention and discussion that comes along with it. Yeah, I just think they need to get more aggressive. And I don't think just re-signing your players alone is that. Like that's, that's about a core. It's not about, like, pushing your chips all in. What do we 
not want to see i worded it awkwardly on the the banners here what do we do not oh, I, I really this isn't even a sentence what do I'm, we do not <laughs> i'm just gonna leave it at this point because what don't we want to see the philadelphia eagles do uh you go first since this is your yeah game. i don't want them to, i don't want to see them like <laughs> trade aj brown or hassan reddick like i don't want to see them make a move especially i don't think the the aj thing is really a thing ever i mean there, there was an idea that you know he's being asked about trade rumors there was never rumors it was just a radio sh- it was one of the radio shows in philly like coming up with a topic for the day because it would garner a lot of attention and they have a job to do i'm not you know obviously it's part of the game that we play as media people but uh yeah that wasn't a rumor it's not a rumor to like just if i just say it should the eagles trade aj brown that's not a rumor somehow that has become a rumor like, so you're saying that's the process that happened that people yeah. define to be a like, rumor. that's like right. oh that's a rumor no it's not that's just means <laughs> someone asking a question or posing it's pontificating yeah. yeah there's no like well aj brown's unhappy or once that's totally different so anyway uh, I don't think that's a real thing, so I'm not going to address that further. But yeah, I would not want to. I don't like this Hassan Reddick stuff because also it's seemingly coming from a place too, based on Reddick's own comments that he put out there. That like the Eagles seem to kind of be the ones who I think the Eagles kind of want to trade him in a perfect world. It's not that they want to dump him at any cost. I think it's that they would rather get like a really strong offer for Hassan Reddick than have Hassan Reddick back on the team next year, which. I get that because there probably is a certain price where that makes the most sense and you're getting the most value and everything. But I just think about how thin they are at edge rusher if they don't have him. And I think about how when they've gone to the Super Bowl in what, two out of the past, whatever, six, whatever seasons now, five seasons, that they had don't mess one of the best don't pass be one of those. Don't in do the that. NFL. So uh, that just worries me. But um, yeah, <clears throat> I just don't want to see them. Uh, I mean, and, and same kind of thing with the Cowboys. Like, this could be Sirianni's last year. So, like, it's just, I don't understand a move that kind of isn't about, uh, like, really, you know, focusing still on this year and taking a step back. I differ a little bit here. Um, Now, I will say you don't, you shouldn't trade Hassan Reddick if it's just being afraid of not getting proper value for him. You know, like, you shouldn't do it if it's like, Oh, I'd rather get like legitimate value now than risk him playing out his contract and getting nothing. You know, like th- that is still a good thing, you know, potentially. So yeah, the, you know, the season of Hassan Reddick has value. Like, right. Him so more season has a lot of value. But where I where I differ a little bit, and this is this kind of lends to what I don't want to see the Eagles do this offseason. I d- I don't mean this in in the like simplistic way it sounds, but like I'm not as a Cowboys fan afraid of the Eagles defense. You know what I'm saying? Like so. And I that's such a great way that you've brought up to kind of look at, you know, how your team is, like how opponents feel like if Hassan Reddick stays, I'm not like, oh, this sucks. You know what I mean? Like if they trade him, I'm also not like, oh, what a big win. Like whatever. I feel confidence relative to these teams and their current general construction. I feel very confident the Cowboys can handle the Eagles defense for the most part in the ways that they need to to win their two games against them or at the very least split them like they did last year. What I don't want to see the Eagles do is improve on offense i would love if the eagles were like mm. you know what we're good like we just have to our defense was so bad down this stretch matt patricia and blah blah we have to make sure we keep us on reddick and blah you want to do all that you want to focus on the defensive side of the ball fine by all means trade for whatever corner you want like i really won't be like shaking in my boots and, and, you know in any way shape or form but if the eagles are, are of the mindset you know what yeah we have aj and yeah we're gonna have to pay Devonte, but let's go sign mike evans let's go sign deandre hopkins that will suck or if the Eagles say, you know what, yeah, uh, I know that you know Nick Sirianni is obsessed with Kenny Gainwell or whatever, but mm-hmm. let's go get Saquon. Let's go get and and that I don't mean to like veer into the paying of and running back thing, but I mean that will that will frighten me more. The Eagles are always a more terrifying team to me when the offense is unstoppable, and that was like their. I know the defense was very 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 good in 2022, but what made them truly terrifying and truly annoying was their high levels of efficiency on offense to set them up for the tush push and whatever blah blah. And along those lines, like I would love nothing more than for Jason Kelsey to just go enjoy his life and his family and his podcast and whatever he's gonna do. I wish him health, wealth, and happiness. All the days of his life, I just would love him to start his post-Eagles tenure ASAP. So I don't want to see Jason Kelsey return from a competitive standpoint, and I don't want to mm-hmm. see the Eagles add even more to their offense. That's a good answer. Uh, you know, we'll see about Kelsey. Still unsure 
we'll see soon enough if he is back or not. Rest of the offense, though, uh, putting that aside for a second, uh, should be pretty similar. Now, you know, we'll see what happens with DeAndre Swift. I think that's a similar situation that I said the Cowboys should just be in, though, and it's clearly something the Eagles believe in. They don't, or they're not investing big money or big resources into running back. I think they're going to try to wait out the market and see if they can get whoever at a discount. So we'll see who that ends up being. Maybe it's DeAndre Swift if he doesn't get the value that he wants and wants to come back to Philly where he's from. So uh, I think they could go kind of a number of different ways there at running back. I think the more interesting, I guess the most interesting position would be the the third receiver, which isn't like, it's the third receiver, but it's not quite actually, you know, like Goddard obviously ranks above that. Um, the running back who they get might rank above him in terms of like the target distribution and everything. So not the biggest role. And, there, and therefore, there's a needle to thread there, especially when you're managing the personalities of AJ and Devontae. You're not, I don't think you're bringing in, you know, like Mike Evans or DeAndre Hopkins, in part because the Eagles are very aware of how those other guys feel about their targets and whatnot. So you're kind of trying to bring in someone who's good, but not so good that they kind of disrupt the See, uh, personality. Like that, I'm fine with that. Like, I, I, if I you, know if, if, the, if the Eagles and I like what I do, don't want to see then is Nick Sirianni. You know what I really don't want to see is Nick Sirianni empowered. Like this Nick Sirianni, you well, know, being weakened and whatever is like wonderful because <laughs> he's annoying. Don't get me wrong, but I do feel like he, like the team, almost kind of goes as he goes, you know, in mm. a weird sort of sense. And so with him all weak and like offering nothing, it mm. it just like it it puts this lower glass ceiling on the overall team, which is just true of like any head coach at any sport. Um, so what I don't want to see is Nick Sirianni empowered to say things like, you know, what AJ Brown, Devontae Smith shut up like we really don't care like our goal is to win not to feed your egos and i'm not saying that they're coming at it from like an ego perspective but like mm -hmm. that i said it many 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 times the 2022 eagles were on the verge of completing one of the more unbelievable and perfect seasons where everybody was going to be happy in the most perfect ways because everybody got like more than their fair share everybody was an all pro or pro bowler or had all these individual accolades and blah 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 and they would have had the like individual awards and the team award on top of it all. And it could have like probably never, ever been topped in an emotional yep. sort of sense. You have to stop chasing that. Like this, this is somewhat akin to my 2015 Cowboys trying to pick mm. up or disc caught it. Like you can't be that team again. Like you can't just have Clearly. success that way. And I like, they've got to let go of that. Like you can't just be jump balls to AJ Brown and, you know, Smitty gang and all this stuff. Like you, you have to find <laughs> new ways to develop. I don't, I thought that was a, a line I don't think that's thing. but uh, what is it? It's the slim reaper. That's what he is. Uh, yeah. But he goes, by, he goes by Smitty. Right. Uh, so sure. whatever. I mean, that's what I don't want to see. I, I don't want to see them challenge themselves in, mm. in however that happens offensively specifically. You want to do whatever on defense? Cool. That really is not going to bother me in any way, shape, or form. Well, yeah, again, I don't think they really need to re-over, totally re-overhaul the personnel and offense as much as they need to figure out things a little bit more schematically, which obviously they bring in Kellen Moore to do. I still think you could find, you know, a nice player, like, uh, shout out to my, you know, BGN radio co-host Jimmy Kemsky, who put out, uh, you know, Darnell Mooney as a potential third target. Like, oh, I really like that a lot. Great, yeah, that's like a, name. that's like what Quez Watkins is supposed to be, but isn't, <laughs> he's not good. So yeah, if they can find someone like that who just, it's not that they're gonna, you know, revolutionize the offense themselves and you know have the AJ Brown level of impact, but I just think if you add someone in there who's just more credible, I think that suddenly helps out AJ and Devontae a lot more and Goddard as well. All right, let's take a break. And when we get back, we will continue this conversation. Welcome back. Brandon, if you could eat anything right now, what would it be? I have an, a very specific answer, but I'm curious what yours is. So there was this really good breakfast sandwich at this place called Wrightstown Country Store. Oh, I thought you were going to go excellent. Now. Sorry, I thought, I thought you were going to like pick no, back up No, that's really that. good, too, in right, Philadelphia. Okay. But this place, I'm thinking like, anything I want, it would be that this place could somehow be open again. Uh, it's just on this road in Pennsylvania, Bucks County, right uh, above Newtown. And they have these really good breakfast sandwiches served on Kaiser rolls. And they're just so soft and so delicious. And they're also only like, I don't know, like four bucks. They're cheap, too. So I would want a Wrightstown Country Store breakfast sandwich. I'm going to say with sausage, egg, and cheese. What about you? Mm, I have three answers because you brought that up. I had, that? One, I had one, but you saying that. Um, so 
it's lunchtime for us. I'm kind of in the mood for a salad right now. Like I would love nothing more than just like a big salad. Shout out to Seinfeld. Big and, salad. Uh, you want a big salad? You can eat anything. You want a big I, salad? I, I want. So, have you ever been to a salada before? No. What's that? It's kind of like Chipotle, but for salads or Freebirds or whatever. So you go down the line and you can get like they have all sorts of options. And so you get different lettuces, you can get different proteins, you can get different toppings, you can get different dressings. And like you can get cooked things and, and all sorts of breads and accompany things. Like that sounds incredible to me right now. And uh, on my wife and I's honeymoon, we went to this like we went um, to like the Jupiter area of Florida. And there was I don't even remember the name. It, it was almost like a neighborhood sort of restaurant that we went and saw. Uh, we went to the Everglades. And it was like on the way we stopped and I had the most amazing chicken Caesar salad. And it, I, that's just kind of what comes to mind. Uh, but when I started this question, the answer that I was thinking of could be my dessert. I really want um, like when you're at the mall and you get a cup of the little pretzel bites, like with cinnamon sugar or whatever on them. You know what I'm talking about? Like from Auntie Anne's? Yeah. Or um, I don't have another one, but like they're little like almost like kind of like donut holes almost but they're covered in like like cinnamon sugar or something like that you got a little cup they call those rivets really i didn't know that so i think so i could go for some rivets if that's what they're called so nice pick um former eagles kicker cody parkey remember him uh yeah also the guy who you know the double doink for the bears uh he was from jupiter florida so there you go wow by the way that reminds me by the way speaking of useless information i meant to share this (laughs) I got this book over the weekend, the new book of list. It's not so new. I think it's like 05 when it was published. There's so many good random things in here that I feel like I want to kind of bring up, work them into the podcast somehow. Um, just really, just really random topics of lists. Like, uh, for example, here, 12 suggested names for religious rap groups. And number one is Ludacrist, spelled like, obviously, Christ. Ah, wow. So you saying that, my thing that I was going to offer is somewhat ten- tangential. Um, mm-hmm. I knew that I had heard Smitty Gang or read it somewhere. Um, and I'm obviously, sure someone has said it before, but it's not like right. a thing. Maybe, maybe that's happened. And I know that Devontae, that he does go by Smitty, right? Like that is, that's maybe I'm what mispronouncing most people it. call him, yeah. Okay. So I don't know if it's Smitty or pr- pronounced Smitty or Smithy, but uh, I Googled this just to be <laughs> sure. Uh, it might be pronounced Smithy Gang. Um, the Smithy Gang is an evil group of sentient weapons led by Smithy who have invaded the Mushroom Kingdom and took over Bowser's oh. castle for their base of operations. So mm. I knew I'd kind of seen that somewhere it was in the back of my mind. So, um, um, I have a all over the place related thing in Mushroom Kingdom or that world that I'll get to in a bit. But um, this is another good one. If twenty nine famous men were known by their mother's maiden names, so you have William Arden instead of William Shakespeare. You have uh. Mm. George Ball, that would be George Washington. So there's like, uh, yeah, Abraham Hanks, not Abraham Lincoln. Uh, I don't know, just a bunch of random useless information that I love having. So I'm trying to figure out how to work that into the podcast sometime. What do we not want to see the New York Giants do this offseason? Definitely. Bite the bullet on Daniel Jones. Yeah, and well, an exit strategy. I don't think they can flat out move on from him, but I think they very much can realistically create a exit strategy. Like something to pivot to. Uh, well, I would go beyond that and say I would love if they were to be like Daniel. If they, say they drafted, I don't know, Jane Daniels or whatever. Like if they were to do that, and and like the information were to be obvious, and they were to do the whole facade of like, look, Daniel Jones our starter. He's won a lot of games in this league. He's won a playoff game. You know what I mean? Like, well, you know what I mean? Like, what what would bother me if they were to be like, look, DJ's QB two. This is whoever's team now. You know what I mean? Like that would bother me if they moved on in a you know in a legitimate sense even <laughs> if they can't transactionally move on from daniel jones quite yet i'm trying to think about how they get this guy and how that bothers me i guess you know it'd be bothersome if somehow the quarterbacks don't go as early as we think they do and they just you know one falls in their lap that would be pretty mm, annoying a lot, yeah. um i'm trying to think like would i rather them because obviously there's there's the thing with the quarterback where like you don't want them to get that guy because in theory if he does hit, even if you think it's unlikely, even if you think that guy sucks, but even in just the unlikely possibility that could still exist, that he would raise their ceiling like that. I don't like that even being there at all. Obviously now, if they're trading up for the wrong guy, then that's great because then they're using extra resources and also still taking a guy who stinks. And then they're therefore not having the ability to kind of find the replacement for that guy. But uh, yeah, I think for them, it has to come down to, 
like if they take a non-quarterback with their first round pick i'm pretty happy with that i have to say right i think you feel the same way like i'd much rather them have some kind of receiver than a quarterback who might make them better in the future yeah i'm pulling this up right now as we talk i saw this morning for us tuesday morning daniel jeremiah released his latest mock draft and like and everybody you know has preferred you know draft analysts whatever but obviously daniel jeremiah is among the most plugged in yeah. um so with the eagles too <laughs> he's to work for it. so and i was curious and, and this serves my point in his mock he has the giants selecting Jane daniels that would suck like that that would even because yeah. some some people like might respond to this and be all well i think daniel sucks well like you know what i mean like it's just that's draft season but like i would hate them like trying you know what i mean like i would love for them to just continue to like live in this purgatory wow yes jj mccarthy going eight to atlanta that's interesting um the upside yeah. we're talking about here is thinking right. what scares us and this is the same thinking with washington too not to jump into them but it's the same kind of thing of like you know i don't know enough about these quarterbacks yet because i'm not studying them and i'm you know there's not that's not the realm that you or i are in uh and paying attention to that kind of thing but to me from afar it seems like Jaden daniels kind of has like more upside kind of almost like anthony richardson at some level here there's like a big upside swing here as opposed to like maybe a more safe option like drake may um mm -hmm. and drake may, might be great i don't know but uh to me from everything i've heard about and read about it seems like there's like you know a, like a higher ceiling lower floor potentially with Jaden daniels than there is with drake may so um i mean I know Ed, it's been it's been five years since the giants took daniel jones right in 2019 so like yeah keep this going like you know what i mean keep keep trying to live in this mediocrity i'm sorry i, I didn't realize you were going to say something about that well also too this is like first of all it's very funny that they did like ruin their draft positioning it's pretty crazy that like they might not even get a guy for sure but if you don't do it now when are you going to do it because you know who's to say that they won't do this again next year where they're like just slightly they're too good they're not good but they're too good to get you know one of these very top quarterbacks so i think i think like it's possible they could be in that spot but obviously you don't want to plan for that it's not like you're you're like well don't worry about it so we'll be bad again like it's not the plan you want to go with you have to strike while the iron is hot here and like take advantage of this and be like this is our chance to get someone and i think that is yeah that has to be it, it has to be the move i don't want them to make not only be bad but not don't worry it will be worse because that would be like to ensure that you get like the guy you want, you would have to be worse to like yep. the point at hand. So like, no, don't worry. Like we'll put you through all this again and we won't even give you the, like the little bit of good that you thought you were having that actually damaged our whole draft position to begin with. So, um, I mean, like non, go ahead. non quarterback edition, I would say I want, you know, I want them to resign Saquon, obviously like spend I mean, big money on him. I don't think that's possible at this point. Like, I think it's, it's a foregone conclusion. Um, other than that, I mean, it's I, I really have a hard time envisioning them doing anything that scares me. I mean, because they're they're that far behind that they, they need something that significant. And for them to start focusing on the future would be a bummer, because the other thing is, if they if they didn't draft a quarterback as well, I think it also means, you know what, like Brian Dable might be done after this year. So now they're, they're really starting over in 2025. You know what I mean? And that would obviously be the best case scenario here from a uh, Cowboys Eagles commander's perspective. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's the giants. Are you ready to move on to the commanders? Yeah. Who have the number two overall pick and kind of the same, like I said, the same thing applies. I don't want them. I mean, they're going to take a quarterback. So that's, they, you know, we can't they did be take like Drake may in this mock just for context. Yeah. We can't be like, well, I hope they don't take a quarterback because they're obviously going to take a quarterback. Um, um, be very my, funny if they took like Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, my answer is if we often see the teams jump or, or like or take advantage of the rookie contract, whatever, one year out, like after the rookie season, you know, they, they kind of wait to be like, oh, well, he proved that he's the guy. So now we feel safe. Like, why would you wait? Like, <laughs> like the, isn't the plan for him to be really good? Like, isn't that the hope? And I thought the Eagles did that with Carson Wentz, right? Because it was, was it 2016 or 17? They signed Alshon and everybody. 17. Yeah. Okay. Second, so so even year. they didn't do that. Even a really forward thinking organization didn't do that. It, the same thing I thought. I never thought the Bears got credit, but they kind of did this with Mitchell Trubisky. They signed Allen Robinson, which again was also this was always a gripe of mine how people were like free Allen Robinson from Chicago. So, yeah, you realize Allen chose to, yeah <laughs> to go there, uh, but the Chiefs did it as well. Obviously, Mahomes become like beyond whatever. But remember they signed Sammy Watkins. Like they they were like, oh, this is the window. So why would you not say okay? 
we're the commanders. We have some salary cap space to work with. The plan. Leave the most in the NFL. Yeah. The plan is for this pick to work out. Why burn the first year? Like, why, why, you know, why not just go at it now? And you know what? If it doesn't work out and he sucks, then you have the roster to bring in like the Kirk Cousins or whoever that is available Mm -hmm. in whatever offseason. I don't think they're resetting. No, but but yeah. yeah, you get my point. And so. That would bum me out is if they start the like tailoring of the roster to the rookie contract before even getting him. If they went out and they were the team who spent big on T Higgins and, you know, whatever, and just like souped up this roster. I'm not, that's a bad example because they have Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. But you get my point. Like if they somehow landed Chris Jones in free agency or, or well, again, also a bad example because they have such great interior defense. You get my point. Like if they attacked their roster heavily and, and, and yeah, and got it ready for Drake Mayer, whoever to come in and just take over and kind of like the way Dak Prescott entered the NFL where the roster was kind of ready made and obviously mm-hmm. he contributed at a high level. But that would really, really, really bother me. Like if if they if they were active and built a strong team for Dan Quinn to guy. Yeah. And I think that's a you know, like a realistic fear too, because you know, it's a new ownership. They're gonna want buzz around the team this year. Uh, it's very, I mean, not every team wants to, you know, be good and talked about or whatever, but I think they especially are keen on hitting this hard and really trying to take advantage of the grace they've been given and really trying to establish a new culture and a new excitement around the team. So I absolutely do think that's realistic. And yeah, when you have all that cap space, why not? What if they just, and obviously there can be, you know, and as Washington fans would know, there's perils of just, being the team that spends a ton a ton of big money in free agency but you can still do it right and still do it smart it's not just because like you're spending big money that means it's bad so yeah uh i do worry about that i think that they could really get a good system in place i think washington has you know has the upward mobility especially with dan quinn there i think he as i've said i don't really so much worry about the ceiling with him as much as i think he's going to raise their floor there so uh i do think they can turn it around probably a little bit quicker than some would think especially for the average, maybe number two overall pick team. Uh, yeah. So I think that's a really good point. Um, interestingly, one of the things that OCC included in his nine lessons or whatever to learn um, was not to pay the defensive player coming off of a great defensive outing, like with a great defensive team. Um, Hassan Reddick would be an example of that, right? Like right now. Where like, he is or, now. Yeah, like um, not this most recent season, but like, you know, relative to the, the at least the 2022 season. But Hassan Reddick also fits the example of like the type of player you want to go for is like a standout defensive player on a bad team, right? The way he was with the Panthers or mm. even the Cardinals to that point. Um, and so in a similar sense, my one worry as somebody who's done a lot of, you know, kicking that Dan Quinn lately is that like, mm. I think another archetype that's worth pursuing in a free agent standpoint is like the dude coming off a bad year with a great body of work, right? Like, you know, the guy who's had like three years in this case, you know, total, the first two were exemplary and then he just had a bad year and you can kind of explain it away. I, I have a hard time explaining Dan Quinn's, you know, poor performance, but I mean, that would that would also like I don't want to see this work. Obviously, mm. I mean, I wish, you know, the best for Dan, but it it would it's I mean, if the commanders had hired him in each of the or over the, you know, a year ago or two years ago, we would have been really afraid. Right. And right now we're kind of like, eh, whatever. But like maybe that dude's still there. <laughs> it's really possible that that dude is, in fact, there. And that would be a bummer as well. Looking at the free agent offensive lineman, because, you know, that's obviously an area where the commanders need to improve after being really bad there up front. So, yeah, maybe it's that. Maybe they kind of just like build in an offensive line that's strong right away. You already have the receivers, like we mentioned, and Dotson and Terry. And uh, you add in Eagles former offensive coordinator Brian Johnson, and all of a sudden this thing is. is but what, what, what if that's like a similar sort of thing? Like they kind of have the like, you know, cast of misfits, right? Like the people who had bad years and this and that, whatever. And like, I don't think it's hard at all to explain, not explain, but like to, it's not hard to move goalposts to defend Brian Johnson, right? Like a, a year ago, he was getting all this love and all this praise. And like, what if that dude is still there? You know what I mean? Like that, like well, especially when it comes to working with quarterbacks and not right. necessarily being the OC. I think he's clearly demonstrated that he has talent, like getting them, getting more out of quarterbacks. Um. So yeah, we don't want to see any of these teams be good. Are you um, ready to do songs? Get out of here. Do you have anything else you want to add? I mean, um, hold on a second. I have to take these off and riff, but uh, it's gonna be like five seconds. And riff. I don't know what Brandon was planning here. Um, 
but he's doing something. He's turned around. This is horrible for the podcast-only audience. He's returning. Headphones are back. You brought up the Mushroom Kingdom earlier. Oh. I this at Dave & Buster's last week. Oh. Um, Yoshi. Look at him. He's cute. It's funny you say that. Um, we took my son to Dave & Buster's a few weeks ago, and I I mean, I, he won. Whatever. But, I mean, I, you know, I did it. Uh, I, I won um, a Mario for him. So it was a Mario, and I think you have a Pikachu over your shoulder. Um, it, it was a Mario and a Charmander. So, you know, same kind of yeah. universes that we're operating in. Um, I beat the stacker game, which I always have to beat at DMBs, where you like press a button and these lights that are like flashing back and forth lock into place, and you have to keep like stacking on top of that, and you have to time it right. Uh, I always do that. It's a thousand tickets, and then I actually won the like kind of their wheel of fortune or not wheel of fortune. Uh, Price is right. You know, they have that big wheel you can spin. Not the same way. You can't actually, you like press a, you crank the handle or something. But anyway, I won 500 on that because I hit like the slim little thing that said win 500 tickets. So yeah, I crushed it. And one Yoshi, who then I played as in my friends with Mario Kart over the week, or not Mario Kart, sorry, Mario Party over the weekend and beat them. I'm a big Mario Yoshi. Party fan. Oh. Uh, Mario Party 2 is the best. The We should play it. Can you, you can play online now, right? Yeah, well, we've talked about this before. Um, no, we, we both have it, uh, but I'm always Yoshi, to be very clear. So, what the hell? No, I'm Yoshi. No, I literally have the Yoshi plus call. I'm gonna take Yoshi. I, no, I've always, uh, I'm gonna beat you to selecting him and I will take Yoshi. Uh, I never thought I'd have an opportunity to brag about this, but when I was in college, um, we would play Mario Party 2 a lot, and my buddy Steven, uh, was always Princess Peach, and my buddy Kyle was always Donkey Kong, and um, so. We, you know, would get really competitive and mm. would have a lot of fun. And Steven was not very good. Um, and so we would always just like kind of pick on him. Um, and the the best achievement, like the best game we ever had, I wound up with 12 stars and Kyle wound up with 300 coins. It was awesome. Mm. So, and Steven had nothing. It was great. Exciting. We should do it. Maybe we <laughs> yeah. can play with some listeners. That's, that's right. Um, people let us know who you are, where you are, how you are in the party of Mario. Uh, before we leave, we do have to do songs. Rachelle, ever the on-time participant, uh, has submitted Flowers by Miley Cyrus. And Rachelle just always hits. Like, Rachelle's never submitted a bad song, as far as I'm aware. Bangers. Straight, just adding the, all the bangers to the NFC East mixtape playlist, which is um, available on both Apple Music and Spotify, even though you forgot about the guy who adds in the Spotify. I didn't forget about it. I just forgot that Spotify was his... I was. He, he brought up that uh, he can... Set, specify or like set it to 1.3 speed and i just like in Which, the moment i was so fascinated at the apps and our discussion about it all that i just overlooked it it's my bad um by the way which uh, I was right about. We have we do have a review I want to get to that I meant to get to earlier but I wanted to give a shout out to um our good friend at at dc underscore seven oh nine that's dc from gb he's a he's our friend who handles mm -hmm. the Spotify NFC East mixtape playlist. Very cool that he does that on his own. Um, the review I have for you here from the Bleeding Green Nation podcast, and as I always say, uh, if you've already left a rating and review on the a certain podcast platform, such as you know your Eagle saying reviewing BGN, and you like the mixtape, well, also leave a review on Blogging the Boys, and they'll give them a five star rating but then you can say whatever you want yeah you can write whatever you want be as disparaging and mean as you want yeah but i mean five stars please. no hate speech yeah obviously obvious disclaimers apply um and specifically i'll mention i'm looking here at bgn we're actually at 1947 so i'd like to get let's get to 2000 like we're almost there you know okay. let's bump us up to 2000 we appreciate it this is comes from jay damicomb and the title is nfc gaslight <laughs> five stars <laughs> I've loved this pod for years, but RJ consistently gaslighting BLG is getting really old. I don't, I, I, I'm not, I think when it's actually gaslighting to say that somebody gaslights people, like that's, that's a gaslighting thing in and of itself. So no, it's true. <clears throat> I mean, look, I come here, I speak facts. I say the truth. That's just kind of where we're at. Uh, all right. So my song is full. This is actually my favorite Led Zeppelin song. Okay. It is full in the rain. I think it's a really good song. It's kind of like funky, unique. Um, it's not, you know, a lot of people's favorite. I guess like Cashmere or Stairway to Heaven, or and I like those songs too. I'm not like the, I'm not like a Led Zeppelin guy. I'm not gonna like say like 
they're my band or anything, mm-hmm. but I do like Fool in the Rain a lot. It's, I think it's um, like a unique song. Good choice. Uh, before I give my song, um, a friend of mine, um, John Dyer, had a Facebook status that I saw. And I think you'll agree with this. He said, you should not be allowed to wear a T-shirt with a band's name on it. And maybe this is a popular take. I, I've never seen it before, though. You should not be allowed to wear a T-shirt with a band's name on it unless you can name at least five of their songs. Do you agree? You're um, more of a music person than I am, so that's why I was curious for your opinion. I don't like gatekeeping in general. Not a big gatekeep guy. <laughs> so that's true. Because uh, I think people experience things in their own ways. Uh, so I don't love that angle. But I get... I don't know. And also, like, no, I don't agree with that. No, I'm going to take a hard stance. I don't agree with that. <laughs> because what if you just like the logo? I don't really care about the band, but yeah. I think it's a cool design. You might or like art. What if, it, what so, if it's like, just fashion? Fine. Like, what if people it's fashion? Sports, like, yeah. I don't I don't necessarily like, there's people who, like, I don't necessarily like this team, but I really like this jersey or this player. So, like, that's fine. Mm. Is that why Jalen Hurts had a Dallas Cowboys placard behind him? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyway, my song. I've seen a I lot of funny to me. Sorry, I want to stay on this for a second because okay. it's it's funny to me that there's such this big culture in music that like you can't wear the band you're going to see. You can't wear their shirt. Are you familiar with this? I don't go to a lot of. Con- I think I've been to like five concerts in my whole okay. life. So I mean, I really well, don't know. There's what is like the this rule? culture of like, let's say I'm going to see Blink 182. It's not cool if I then wear a Blink 182 t shirt to Blink 182. I can't do that. Like, that's, which that, is very funny what? because, yeah, I, I, I'm, tr- trust me, this is a thing. And the list, this is not a thing. You've, you've got to be RJ, back me up on this. this. Is absolutely a thing. Uh, use hashtag now, NFC East shirt uh, for, the, okay. for the tweets. Yeah, I think that this is absolutely a thing. Um, not a thing that I like and or am endorsing, by the way, because I think it's just, you know, it's just like, oh, it's too, you know, it's not cool. But it's such a weird thing to do as someone, you know, who obviously is a part of sports, sports culture, which is that's what you very much do. That is exactly right. what you do when you go to a sports game is you wear the thing that shows you're a fan of that team. I think I think if I'm parsing this right, the caveat is like if you buy merch from like the merch table at the show and you want to wear that, I think that's that's kosher. I'm not sure. Although I think typically people would just buy it and then hold on to it and not wear it. But I think that's more acceptable. But yeah, somehow not acceptable to wear uh, the band that you're going to see, like a t-shirt of them to that concert, which I think is stupid. That is very stupid because if that would be, in, in my mind, like the peak moment to wear the thing. Right. Um, like one of, <laughs> so I love this band. I want to show other people and, I'm, and I want to like show the band well, like who's looking into the audience like, hey, I, I love this thing um i also i feel this way about jerseys and gen- not in general but like there's something cool to like you know people will say things like oh this is my lucky jersey or whatever right um sure. but, but like there's something to like i know this is a weird way to put this but like oh this is my game worn jersey like i wore this jersey at the super bowl or i wore this jersey during the like crazy rain game or you know what i mean like i wore this jersey whatever and like it it was there like it was a part of the experience for you so like in a similar sense like the shirt or whatever from the band would be the same way. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that's like saying if they throw you like a pick or uh, the set list or whatever, that you shouldn't take it. You know what I mean? Because it's all part of the same sort of thing. That's dumb. I it's I just, reject it's, this. It's the energy. I don't like the energy. It's just like, Oh, it's too cool. It's like, it's not cool to do that. Like no one, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. I think in life in general, it's like no one is too cool for anything. Like just get over yourself. If you think you're too good or too cool for something, I just think you need to get over yourself. Allow people to enjoy what they want to enjoy, obviously within reason, no one getting hurt or whatever. But as long as it's not, don't yuck someone's young. That's my point. If someone wants to do something and they're having fun, it's not hurting anyone uh, and not impeding anyone else's fun, then just let them do what they want. Uh, last thing before I give my song, we don't expect any of these teams to use the franchise tag. We should have probably discussed that, but the window is open, um, right? Like, uh definitely not the eagles for sure definitely the cowboys probably definitely not right i mean they don't right. even have the money uh the giants in theory could do it on someone i guess if they really wanted to like i don't think they're going to do it on saquon again uh xavier mckinney is going to be a free agent i mean it doesn't seem likely and then the commanders didn't they use it on deron Payne last year yeah and then they got the deal and done. then they got the deal done um I don't think the commanders they have the money to do it, but I don't like who's the free. Nah, like, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah, they got to no. they got to move on. You know what I mean? And and maybe a transition tag somewhere. I don't know, but probably not. Okay, so we agree it's probably not happening in this division. Um, I don't think it's happening me... around the NFL too too much. Like there'll be some more than none, but I don't think it's going to be like a lot, right? 
I agree with you. Um, my song, I've seen a lot of, I was going to say this a moment ago, um, like LimeWire memes. Like, oh, when you were downloading on LimeWire, you didn't realize you were downloading Wait, a virus that? to your family computer. Are you saying you're illegally streaming music? I'm saying I've seen a lot of memes about it. Um, there was a but time. You know what that's about, though? You have an experience with that? When people who did this um, would import the songs into their music library whatever that was like people had different um i bet you were a zune person i, I could see you being somebody who no. had a zune wow no. uh but people who had whatever music library you could adjust like you could change the song titles and the artists or whatever like you could you know some people cared about it being organized some people didn't whatever um when i was in middle school i had the song my sharona on my device whatever it was at the time and i don't know how but however i'd gotten the song it labeled it as being by the ramones and i thought forever that that's who did that song and spoke like that was who did that song and that was embarrassing so um my song is my sharona by the knack who actually did that song uh i i like that category of what you brought up because that's definitely i like that's definitely i feel like especially of a certain time on the internet, like the early aughts, maybe. I just remember listening to certain songs on like Windows Media Player back before like YouTube and stuff. Wow. Right. Oh, well, shout out Windows Media Player. Wow. Uh, I, that's not something I had thought about until I just brought it up. Like, wow. Back anyway. when, uh, with the 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 um the pinball game. Yeah, yeah, going way back again. Yeah. YouTube. I'd like. I remember listening to, uh, my own worst enemy by Lit which is, you know, great song, but it was listed by Blink-182. And at the time, I was like, wait, Blink-182 does a version of this? That's awesome. And it's like, nope, they just totally miscredited uh, the the song, the Mandela effect, I guess, to some level, too, of people. There's there's a lot of songs, I feel like, like that. They're like that people think they are actually by and then aren't. Or obviously, there's ones that people um, do covers of and then don't realize that the original version was done by someone else. Yeah, that's a good um, kind of category to highlight. Um, but yeah, it was a really embarrassing sort of thing to not know that. Um, you know what I mean? So tough scene. But I made it. I survived. I'm. Uh, wow. You bring it up Windows Media. It, I remember it was the coolest thing when you would play music and you could turn on like the the like effects. You know what I mean? You would just like let, let the computer yeah. sit in, and you were like, "Man, I am vibing in here. I got the music on. I got the screen dancing around. Like, welcome to my." room where everything is awesome so yeah were you welcoming to your room i mean just you know the people at large you know what i mean mm, like the people at large okay. yeah whoever it wound how are those people being, at large doing you know some are good some are less good mm. i mean you know mm. i check in with them from time to time so um, smaller doing i don't know let's um let's bounce and um as we do brandon is going to tell us what his favorite helmet in the NFL is that is not the Eagles and why? Mm, favorite helmet. Do you have a favorite helmet in the NFL? I've always. Are we including retro stuff? Yeah, you could do what you I want. I feel like I... no. I feel like for this sake, we can't because it's, okay. it's going to throw me down the. I think we're talking. We can get to that another time. I think the Saints have such a clean helmet. It's it's so perfect. I always say this. No. And I actually made this or brought this up to Anthony Richardson in the interview. It would suck to be a Bengals fan and try to get a helmet autographed. I say that all, like I think about that all the time. Like it would suck, man. It would just be terrible. So I think the saints have a great helmet. I think the Vikings have a cool helmet, the Vikings and Eagles. And I think Rams are, um, are teams that like their helmet is, is like what the, the mascot would look like, right? Like the Viking has the horns, the Eagles have the Mm -hmm. wings, the Rams have the horns. I like helmets like that as well. I'm looking at all 32 of them. By the way, like NFC East mixtape bingo. Des Bryant catch picking up where you left off. <laughs> um, uh, the, I the also so Bengals real helmet. quick. I'll, I'll I'll filibuster and buy you some time. I don't know if you knew this, but so every team has a primary logo, right? And that's what's on the like hats and polos and things like that. And right. for the longest time, the Bears' primary logo was the C. But right. last year they actually changed it, and now it's the like the bear, like the face yeah. of it, which is cool. But how can your primary logo not be the one that's on your helmet? You know mm. what I'm saying? Like, I'm not advocating for putting the bear on the helmet because I love the C, but I just found that, found that to be interesting. So, um, yeah. 
I'm looking at all of them. I do like. I also team. always think mm. the Buccaneers flag is so wide; it's got to be so difficult to put it on, like for it's the too big. Staff. Yeah, they need to make it. Like, they used to be smaller, and, and like with all the little gaps and orifices and helmets now, like it's just got to be a nightmare to you know figure out. I the was Bronco, go. The, the Broncos have a clean helmet too. I really love the Broncos helmet. I was gonna go with one that I don't. I don't like the helmets that the team logo is like a like an emblem. Like the Niners and the Packers and the mm. Raiders, like the what's on there is just like a badge. You know what I'm saying? The logo, and in, in the Raiders' case, is within the badge, like the crest. Yeah. So, I honestly I think, think the Giants have a strong helmet too. Like the NY is cool, but I wish it were Giants. Well, uh, yeah, it's, it's no, the Giants one is way better when they do mm-hmm. the like the actual yeah Giants on the helmet. Um, I was gonna say one that I thought was gonna be my pick originally. I'm gonna stick with that after looking at all of them. I'm gonna go with okay. the Steelers. I like the I like the asymmetrical helmet. Like it's only on one. The, I like how the logo is only on one side and the other side is black. I think there's something cool about that. I don't know if you know this. On the subject of NSC's bingo, the Steelers and the Eagles used to be a team together <laughs> once upon right. a time. Yeah, and they, really they would call them the they would call them the Steagles. It was just yeah, uh, yeah you know, that was back in the day, man. Uh, yeah. I wish I could yeah. press the end the show button. <laughs> 